You're listening to How to Succeed in Evil, Crazy Psycho Murder Tree. Chapter 4. The Bogus Attacks. The winter passed, and as spring came to the Trinity campus, a new tree appeared from the ravine behind the science building. If anyone had paid particular attention to it, they might have been curious as to how a tree could grow so large so quickly, or they might have noticed some of its peculiarities. It was something like an oak tree, but some of the leaves were like a maple tree. These leaves had come out earlier than all of the surrounding trees, and while the bark on the trunk was rough and thick, several of the branches were smooth. It was as if someone had assembled the form of a tree, but from an imperfect memory, as if something was figuring out how to be a tree as it went along. By the end of April, the tree had reached 30 feet above the ravine and had started to obstruct the pathway behind the science building. There had been complaints from both students and faculty, and, since it was the least political and perhaps most universally agreed upon topic on campus, it was decided that this unwanted tree must go. So, one warm afternoon, two men in an electric golf cart drove up with a gasoline chainsaw to perpetrate the deed. There had been a time, of course, when students would have protested the felling of a tree, but since the riots last winter, trees were a forgotten concern. The normal class schedule had been disrupted, petitions had been filed, demands had been made. Each day seemed to hold a different march or rally, and with it, more and more anger. The men in the golf cart, Bobby and Jimmy, simply drove around all this trouble in pursuit of their daily tasks. No matter how much the intellectuals might think things were changing, lawns still needed to be mowed, buildings still needed to be pressure washed, and trees still needed to be trimmed. No amount of organizing or manifestoing would slow the passage of the seasons. Bobby, the older and fatter of the two, handed the chainsaw to Jimmy. You're a damn lumberjack, Skinny, Jimmy said. Just because you can't climb down there don't make me a lumberjack. I'm your boss, and I say today, you're a lumberjack ass. Jimmy swung his leg over the railing and wallowed his way to the bottom of the ravine. It was so steep that he had to use the brush growing from the ravine walls as handholds, and was grateful for them. At the bottom of the ravine it was cold in the shadows, and Jimmy wished he had brought his hoodie with him. Still, this wouldn't take a second, if he could just get to the damn tree trunk. This underbrush was thick. He gave the chainsaw three short, sharp pulls, and it roared to life. For a second, he thought he felt his footing change underneath him but he decided the feeling was just his hangover and cleared a path through the underbrush with the chainsaw. From above him, he heard Bobby calling for him. What? yelled Jimmy, and then he winced and immediately regretted it, as fresh pain shot through his already throbbing head. Damn it! I said, hold up! There's kids up here! Well, get them out of there! They're marching! Again? Jimmy couldn't understand how they could have all that free time to talk about being oppressed when he had to go to work every damn day just to pay his bills. Up top, Bobby grabbed some cones that read sidewalk closed and walked towards the students. He spread his hands wide. I'm real sorry, young scholars, but we're taking down a tree. Might be best if you went another way. 
You can't tell us what to do. We've been oppressed enough. We're decolonizing this campus. Ma'am, that's sexual harassment, one girl cried. I will not let you microaggress me with your inappropriate pronouns, said another. And then they all started shrieking at once. When it died down a bit, Bobby said, Well, y'all come ahead. Ain't gonna be my fault when a damn tree falls on you. Then he dropped his cones and went back to the tree. The student shrieked some more and yelled slogans, but they obeyed the cones. When he got back to the golf cart, he looked back to make sure that the students remained at a safe distance. One of them saw him and yelled, We're going to write a petition about you. We're going to have your job. Bobby just smiled and waved. Then he leaned over the railing and yelled, Go on, get it! Jimmy cranked up the saw again. He revved it high and moved close to the trunk. Bobby watched eagerly. There was something about a chainsaw biting into wood, sending chips flying through the air that he had always enjoyed. But just as the chain touched the outermost layer of bark, the tree fell on Jimmy, crushing him into the earth and sending the chainsaw flying deep into the underbrush. Jimmy? Bobby cried in terror, unable to fathom what had just happened. But even as he struggled to wrap his mind around the terror of it, something even worse happened. Over the throaty rattle of the idling chainsaw, he heard a creaking and crackling noise as the tree straightened itself into the air. Bobby stumbled backwards towards the golf cart, afraid to take his eyes off the malignant tree rising above him once again. He heaved his bulk into the cart and switched it into reverse. Then he stamped on the pedal. The cart whined, but seemed to be moving in slow motion as the tree loomed higher and higher above him. And then it fell again, obliterating the golf cart and turning Bobby into suet. The rebellious yet cone-obeying students gasped as one. For a moment, there was silence. Then someone cried out, You see, even nature hates the patriarchy! And a cheer went up. The tree rose again, this time ripping its roots from the ground. Splitting the bottom of its trunk, it used its roots to gain purchase on the walkway above. It heaved itself out of the ravine and rose and rose and rose in a terrifying parody of bipedal locomotion. The students cheered, and it turned to face them, or bark them, depending on how you want to look at it, and advanced one step. The ground shook. A voice cried out, Yes, spirit of nature! Share your wisdom. The tree creaked and roared, What der gamnum schlieveling? In the middle of the mass, a single person realized that perhaps obeying the cones would not keep them safe from what was about to happen. Some hint of primeval, primordial fear reared itself in his brainstem, and that person screamed, not as man or woman, but as a small, scared mammal hiding in the forest, realizing that, this time, the trees would not protect him. This person started to flee, shoving a path through the crowd. But it was too late. The tree attacked. If you like How to Succeed in Evil, you should support it by becoming a paid subscriber at patrickemclean.substack.com. And if you do, I mean, for the paltry sum of $5 a month, you get to binge the rest of this story right now. I mean, that's a good deal, right? You not only get to satisfy your need for instant gratification, but you get to do so in a way that lets you feel good about yourself while you're doing it. So if you want to wait a week to get the next episode, that's fine. It'll be here right on schedule. 
But is it the most evil thing in the world to suggest that in these trying times you deserve a little happiness? It's actually fairly evil. This is marketing, but you should still subscribe.